Welcome to the Vision Podcast, a podcast that explores news, topics, and information of interest to the faculty, staff, and friends of the Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences. I'm your host, Karen Brown. And I'm your host, John Burrow. Greetings and welcome to the 41st episode of the Vision Podcast. Recently, President Biden announced student loan forgiveness of $10,000. It quickly made headlines and became the centerpiece of conversation all over the country. With us to help understand the economics involved in President Biden's decision is Dr. Randy Campbell, Professor of Economics here at MSU's College of Business. Dr. Campbell, welcome to the Vision Podcast. Thank you, John. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yes, I'm Randy Campbell. I teach uh, in the economics department, mainly teach econometrics, which is statistics for economists. And I've been here, this is my 21st year at Mississippi State now. So. Congratulations. Yeah, 21 years, that's a long time. And I'm sure you've seen not just the economy change, but MSU change drastically since when you yes. arrived. So, But uh, I, I wanted to ask just briefly, give some background. Obviously, uh, nations and then people debt is seen as this bad thing how big of a problem or how long of a problem has student debt been in the US economy yeah so I think of um, not necessarily the problem because the reason we take on debt for major purchases like an automobile or a home or something like that um, college being one of those right. but there's differences like you buy an automobile and you're immediately getting a depreciating asset so you can think of that as I'm just renting this for the life of that car and I'm paying so much money. A home at least retains and may increase in value. Uh, to me, the, the you know, for, for there are differences among students, but for many students, I mean, this is really an investment. It's, a, it's the highest payout for all of those. So if you're going to take on debt, um, you know, research has continually shown that the average for a college graduate versus a non-graduate, they're going to earn over a million dollars more in their lifetime. Right. So they take out debt to be able to attain these kind of jobs that they couldn't without going to college. And like with other debt, you're, you're probably not going to wait till you have $40,000 to right. throw down to buy a college, you know, go to college at that point then. So, so it's, it's a, uh, I guess it's a, it's good debt versus bad debt. So. That's right. From, from many people on, and it's in terms of the magnitude in case people want it, it's about $1.8 trillion. Oh, wow. And that's, Sounds like a lot, but it's about seven and a half percent of U.S. GDP. Okay. And in comparison, is a little bit higher. Auto loans are about one point three five trillion dollars. Oh. So there's actually more student loan debt than there is auto loan debt in the U.S. Had no uh, idea. Right now, so. And so, how does that student loan debt affect our country? Yeah. So the idea is, I mean, and, and you know, I guess as economists, we always think of pros and cons. The pros are we want an educated, trained workforce. Many people obviously don't have the resources to get that at 19 or 20. And so on the one hand, it's allowing us uh, to have a more trained workforce that we're getting those funds to people that are investing in themselves. And I think, you know, I was kind of thinking of it in a few different ways that there's sort of the, you know, the productive debt, if I'm a student that simply can't afford it, but I'm going to go to school, work hard, and I can graduate and earn a lot more than I could otherwise, that's very productive, both for me as a student 
and for the country because now mm-hmm. you've got somebody that's educated that, that, that can join the workforce at a, a level they couldn't. Uh, on the other hand, uh, and what I've seen here, I feel bad, we see students that uh, maybe come in unprepared for college and stay a year or two and don't graduate. Now they don't have that higher paying job, but they still have the debt. The debt yeah. uh, you see, and it could be because they weren't prepared for college. It could be just lack of effort on the student's part. Um, there's some that come and uh, will, after a year or two, maybe doing well, but drop out because they're afraid of taking on more debt, which kind of reminded me of the, you know, there were people um, right about around the 2008, 2009 that put money in the stock market for the first time and it went down. They pulled it out and it scared them from ever doing it again. So it's kind of like, once you've done that, I'm afraid to take on more debt, but if you drop out, now you're probably in a lower paying job and having more difficulty paying off right. that amount of debt. So those are the kind of unproductive, if you get students that um, you know, do not make it through or whatever, that still have that debt, that's a real problem. And there's been no productivity gain for society, nor for that student at that sure. point. So. So it becomes more, oh, well, it becomes a huge burden and on both. Right. So I, mean, I, think, yeah. I think obviously the people keep taking it on and, and people talk about the cost of college, but people keep wanting to come, which tells you from a market perspective <laughs> that there's a good payout on average to that. Right. But not everybody is going to see that in the same way. Okay. And um, and so here's the, the million dollar question, pun intended, yeah, just right. kidding. <laughs> yeah. How does it benefit our economy for that $10,000 payout? Yeah, so... Um, Did I ask that right? Yeah, I guess it's a payout. Well, that was also that next question of, because you hear the, the term cancellation or forgiveness, and that oh, apparently right. people are making a distinction between the two. Yeah, no, so, so that... Um, I would tend to think of those as the same thing. Right. I think what might be a distinction that they're making, because I know... Uh, for example, uh, Republicans have filed a lawsuit trying to say this is illegal. And so my understanding the way that the, um, which also answers what people might be wondering, well, why now? The way that they've done this to say that it's legal is they've actually passed it as part of the COVID relief. So they're, so this is the idea of why now, which in some level makes sense in that, let's say I'm in school 2019-2020 and maybe I haven't graduated I'm taking out loans but now I lose my part-time job so I'm afraid even with loans I can't pay for it anymore or maybe I graduate then and I have trouble finding a job during COVID and so from that perspective a lot of what they're thinking of is similar to like the the um the stimulus checks that right. mm-hmm. that you know, so so I think it's funny, sort of the distinction that that you know we gave stimulus checks to everybody, and now this is not really a stimulus check because basically what you're doing is knocking down the. There's not checks going out to anybody. It's just if I owe twenty thousand dollars, they'll knock that down to ten, which would make my payments lower. Right. Um, so. So directly COVID related. That that's that's how they've passed it and okay. that's what they're gotcha. arguing is this is why it's legal because okay. the Republicans have said it's illegal for just to forgive that gotcha. debt and they're saying it's illegal because we did it through this COVID relief okay. well, I asked my students the other day you know that well why when I get this and, and of course yeah. you don't want to send that message <laughs> hey, it's going to be perpetual so this is a one-time thing right. and that, that's what 
again, the idea is it's tailored around this COVID relief it's for this project. cohort of students. Okay. But um, I was thinking about in terms of the impact. So if I going along and I'm making my payments mm -hmm. and now you reduce my amount, um, that's really just a transfer from if I'm making my payments, the government has that money to spend in the economy. Now I will have it instead. Um, now, if I'm not making my payments, though, if I'm not able to do that for whatever reason, now you could see uh, some sort of stimulus where now I'm relieved of that burden. So now maybe I can make my rent payment or buy food. So from that perspective, and some were saying, well, this will, you know, further uh, cause inflation. Right. But it's not like they're giving people a $10,000 check. They're just giving them relief from that payment that they could then use for other things. Yeah. And if there is, I think, and this is not exactly accurate, but my understanding from that $1.8 trillion, I think the forgiveness is roughly around $400 billion, which would be about 1.5% of GDP. So I don't think it's going to have a major impact on inflation or anything, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, I think the idea right. is, hey, if I've got somebody that was struggling, then now I can at least relieve that burden uh, on them, and they can potentially use that money for other things. So that's the idea that it could increase GDP, but the right. but that that would also potentially increase inflation. Right. So, I was I was because that was something I was thinking about too is because more money will be in people's pockets, they would increase their spending right. potentially in the local or national economy. And then it was, I mean, obviously it would be speculative, but do you think that had any sort of bearing on their decision to do this? Or You know, I, from my understanding, I think there was maybe some hesitancy because, right, you're coming up to the midterms, the biggest thing I think the Democrats <laughs> have to fear is inflation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So to do anything that would further cause inflation to go up, right, and, and um, you know, it's probably a net negative even if they're going to get, you know, maybe some people that are happy about the the, mm -hmm. the um, uh, debt for the loan forgiveness, right. um, you know, I, I think they were very leery of inflation going up more. But my guess is that's going to that would be very minimal at most, because like I said, it's one percent of GDP, which could. But again, many of those, it's not necessarily putting money in their pocket, but. Mm -hmm. My amount goes from twenty thousand to ten thousand, so maybe my monthly payments then go down fifty dollars or hundred dollars or something like that. And then that money like that. can go somewhere. And else. Then, yeah, so there yeah. would be some spending. You spend it on extra groceries or another a night out somewhere. Yeah, yeah for dinner. Or so. And political parties aside, yeah. as an economist, yeah. Do you think it was a smart decision? <laughs> well, I guess it depends on who you are. I mean, obviously, for yeah. the people who own. Yes, I mean, I think with anything that we see there's, as an economist, there, there. there's pros and cons, there's winners and losers. Right. And yeah. so, um, you know, obviously uh, some people are going to be very happy about that. Um, you know, a lot that's been played up is sort of the jealousy. Well, I, I paid my way. Why didn't I get anything and stuff? Right. But, again, it's sort of narrowly at this people that might have likely been affected by COVID. They do have income limits, which... Um, you know, again, people have complained about, but the income limits, I believe, were at least as high, if not higher, for the stimulus checks, which right. uh, which went out. It's and different when you get money in your pocket. It's just getting yeah. <laughs> now, one of the interesting things um, that I was thinking about is that, that just the 
type of students that are taking these out. So, you know, one of the problems, I think, the idea is you go to college and you'll have higher pay and so forth. But I think where STEM students, for example, are 30% less likely to take out a loan oh. because they often come from more affluent families and so mm. forth. So those are the highest paying jobs right there. So they're going, and, and if you think about how scholarships are distributed, often based merit-based, so your high ACT scores that are going into these are not having to take out loans, are going into the highest paying jobs. And this is what a lot of people think of, but then you've got many of the people that are taking out loans are far less likely to be going into the STEM fields. They're going into lower paying jobs, so they don't have, the, so they're taking out loans and they have less of that pay on the back end. Uh, it can be harder to find a job. Uh, one of the questions that you don't hear, which I found a couple places talked about this, is um, that there are people that wonder, you know, should we, so if I go to buy a new car, and John does as well, and you pick a nicer car, you're going to pay more for it. Right. But we definitely see a difference in wages earned from different majors, but yet every major costs the same. So. Oh. There's been some wondering, you know, why would you not charge more? For, I mean, people would be willing to pay more for. I had never even thought of it. That's that an way. interesting concept because yeah, I, yeah, and there are some very big yeah, there's differences. Huge differences. There. That was yeah. in the Washington Post. And the thing Post. is that those that are on average, those that are taking out student loans, are typically going into lower average paying jobs, where those that are on uh, the, the engineering higher yeah. end, you know, the business school right. higher end job spectrums are less likely to take out loans to pay for school in the first place. Yeah, yeah and I meant to do some research uh, if, if there were places that, that did do yeah. that. Um, you know, we see differential tuition at places for taking, on, you know, online classes mm -hmm. and stuff because of the cost difference. My guess is, in the, you know, I, I don't know if that would be illegal or not. You don't hear it talked about in the U.S., but I'd be curious yeah. to look up now that I thought about that, if that were the case in other countries. Yeah. Because you could definitely see that, hey, I know that engineering has a high payout, and if mm -hmm. I think I can do that, I would be willing to pay. If I my choice is between that, you know, or say an education major, and I think I can do that and it's a high payout, I would be mm -hmm. willing to pay more tuition for that. Right. Kind of like law school or medical yeah. school. Yeah, and there you do, they're paying, you're paying extra paying. to get that right. high you're paying, paying job. Because you're expected to earn more. But within the undergraduate degree, yeah. everybody pays. I mean, and we do see differences across schools. If I think Harvard's gonna give me a better opportunity, right. I'm willing to pay more to go there. <laughs> right. So that would certainly provide evidence that you think people would be willing at MSU, for example, to pay more for engineering or veterinary school or something like that, where they right. mm -hmm. might. Is something like this, uh, student loan the ten thousand dollar forgiveness is that going to be something incorporated into or has it already been incorporated into your you know so I, I i briefly talked with my students about it not really looking at aspects of it but just what they thought about it and of course i'm teaching more of a statistical based class my guess is in the principles right so forth people will, will bring that up um as a you know sort of uh topical thing because i think professors like to do that that's yeah. things that students are interested in um, it's so new right now. There's and and right now it's a lot of speculation on mm -hmm. what will happen or won't happen and stuff like that. Kind of like the financial crisis, we saw. Hey, you know, what's going to happen from this now? There's still being papers written about it <laughs> right. ten, twelve years <laughs> later now. Uh, so I think over time, and I would not be surprised at all if 
you know, they put that as example, the whole stimulus in general from COVID as, right. as examples in exactly. textbooks and things like that then, so. And I know this is unrelated to well, the loan part that we're talking about, but just in your experience and you've been teaching this for so long, everything that happened during COVID mm-hmm. and the economy, did you ever think you would see something like well, that? Well, so it, it was interesting because <laughs> I was teaching macro principles and usually when we get to of the statistics where you got to talk about here's how you measure unemployment here's how you do this and there it's a lot of data and they're kind of bored and it goes you know to them 3.8 percent versus 4.1 percent that might mean a lot to an economist they don't care but when they saw in real time unemployment go from three and a half percent to 15 percent within a month or so and i could put those (laughs) charts you know week by week and you saw the number of new unemployment filing went believe it averaged like 200,000 a month new filings and it went to like 6 million um, within a couple months. What did you? So, I mean, it's very dramatic when you could put those statistics and it's actually kind of, now you're back to, um, yeah, it's kind of leveled off again. But that was one of the things that was, um, you know, I guess in the uh, negative perhaps to the student loan forgiveness. So when you can see the positives, but I think the argument was, well, maybe these students had trouble finding a job because of COVID and so forth. But when you saw that go up to 15%, and I would show in my class, if you looked at college graduates, it only went to maybe four and a half to 5% right. even during the peak of COVID. Because mm-hmm. right, most people that had a, a college degree were able to work from home. It was really in the service industry, restaurant industry, right. stuff like that, where people lost their jobs, which again could have been an impact on these students who might have been working part-time jobs and realize, hey, look, I can't, even with the loan, I can't pay now because I have no income, so I had to drop out of school. Um, but for those that had a degree, there was much, much less impact um, on the uh, uh, unemployment. And of course, you know, that was the whole thing about the stimulus checks, though, because they still sent me a stimulus check and many other people that had no loss whatsoever at that time. You so. know, my husband said the exact same thing. It's like you almost felt bad because in what we did, we kept working and we didn't right. have a loss. But then I had students that were paying these loans yeah. and lost their jobs because of COVID because they were first hired, yeah. first let go, and You're it right. was heartbreaking. And you did feel bad when, I mean, really... I was affected, but financially, I right. wasn't. Affected. So I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting. Some of the um, uh, talk now about this being a transfer to the wealthy and so forth, which um, I think it's probably less so certainly than the stimulus checks were. Yeah. Um, and you didn't hear as much talk about that. There were some that were you know saying, hey, maybe the income cap should be a little bit lower and so forth. Mm-hmm. But um, but here, I think these are you know, most of these students, even if they are the ones making. Eighty, ninety thousand dollars now are probably still more in need than many of the people that received the stimulus checks in 2020 and 2021. So you've cleared it up for me so much yeah. because I'm one of those, you know, I'm 55, and so I paid my student loan, and and I was in that ballpark like you were talking about, where lower middle class, right. and so yeah. wasn't enough to get a lot of financial support, so I had to take out loans and. You always think it's going to be easier to pay it back than it actually was. Right. But this is a different time. Different time. And I I think also the way you framed it and the way that they're perhaps framing it within the uh, COVID payout um, relief programs 
that's a entirely different way that I have not seen yeah. exactly. and I, talked about much. What's that? Because that's where the sort of legal battle is brewing. And I think there are some students worried, okay, well, what if I fill this out and now they say it was illegal? Do I have to give oh, the money back and so right. forth? And what I've read is that students probably do not need to worry about that at all. <laughs> um, I think I think their bigger worry is, from my understanding, they've got like that that website goes live October 1st and you've got till the end of the year to file it. So you've got oh, to wow. make sure and be, okay. do that quickly. I didn't it's a know very that. small window. They have, um, I think there are some that are like the, the Pell Grants and some that are automatically, but typically you would have to apply. And my understanding, they're getting it ready, but the, the government website is supposed to go live October 1st and you have until December 31st to apply. Oh. To, pl- to send your stuff through. Gotcha. Right. Um, and if people, uh, listeners, want to learn anything more about this or about uh, its go- economic impact of this, uh, where could they go? I'm assuming any .gov. Right. So I, I've looked a lot at studentaid.gov. <laughs> right. All one word, mm-hmm. student aid. And then uh, Department of Education is, I think, at ed.gov. ed.gov. Okay. And that's probably more credible than your typical Facebook, Twitter posts what? that you see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Dr. Campbell, thank you so much for being here with us and talking about this with us, and because this has been enlightening for me. And Same here, and just cleared it up. And the other thing too that you really did for me is, and I don't know why it's embarrassing that I didn't think about it as an investment. I mean, oh, yeah. the loan is an investment in getting that job, right? And that's to give back to our society and also for self development. Right. So. Yeah. Which is why I think that in general, I mean, that the government has subsidized these in the. First, mm-hmm. tried to make it easy for and people talk about the student loan debt, but they are less restrictive than say auto and home loans and things like that. They try to make it um, easy for people. On the flip side, unlike those, they don't do a is back to the major. They don't do a credit check, thinking, "Hey, are you gonna? What is your income now? Are you likely to be able to pay this back? Right. What's your future income likely to be given your major?" They don't do mm-hmm. any of that that a, that a traditional loan officer would do. Um, what's Very their credit score or things like that but and I think that's partly why many of them more of them end up in default than in other types of loans as well so maybe the best way to gloss over or to to, to gleam everything from this is that education is a great investment and you exactly. it's, it's worth it's exactly worth and, and on average and for most people yeah. it is and this yeah. is why people yeah. keep and so this is kind of further re-emphasizes that point that I agree education is one of the best investments you can make in life so right. so Dr. Campbell thank you so much for being with us and um, for our you, listeners if you have any questions or ideas about the podcast you can email me Karen Brown at kbrown at deanas.msstate.edu and we thank you for listening We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the Vision Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.cas.msstate.edu, for more information about the College of Arts and Sciences. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'd appreciate you helping us spread the word letting others know about the podcast. You can also stay up to date on news and information about the College of Arts and Sciences by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences, learning through discovery.